How's your week been? Yes. What was that for? <laughs> that was a yawn and a yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking strange. <laughs> it sounded like I was having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, but so for the for the edit of this episode, can we just have that followed by the intro music? Done. Yes, that was an excellent noise. And it leads us very well into the topic of the day, doesn't it? It does. It very much does, because it was an incredibly spooky noise. It was an incredibly scary noise for all involved. Frightful. Yes, scary is the topic of the day on That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which two friends exchange stories on a theme each week. The themes decided the week in advance. Everything else is a surprise. We'll get that out of the way because we need to explain why we're doing Halloween, don't we, Tom? (laughs) Yes, well, no, we're not doing Halloween, are we? No, we're not, because it's not Halloween, is it? (laughs) It's not Halloween. But it was when we decided the topic. (laughs) But I think it's a good topic. Scary wariness and spooky wookiness is a good topic when I thought about it because we did discuss Halloween in the Spooky previous episode Spooky Wookie sounds so much like it should be an old racial slur <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imperial British racial term We went over there and we put the fuzzy wuzzies up Spooky Wookie is meow Fuzzy wuzzies I remembered that it's so funny you mentioned that because I I, I thought I was reminded of that racial term fuzzy wuzzies, which is straight out of Dad's army. For anyone who doesn't know, um, I last week that came to mind. I wonder whether BBC, when they show reruns of Dad's army, what they do with fuzzy wuzzies, because that's very politically incorrect now, isn't <laughs> it? It is. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a derogatory term for Afro haircuts, isn't it? Probably, probably. But I think in the context of Dad's Army, it's not used as a ha-ha-ha, let's laugh at another race. It's ha-ha-ha, let's laugh at an old codger who's in the... (laughs) Put the heebie-jeebies up. Yes, so we decided in week 42 to do spookiness as the topic. We did. How did you find it? It's been a a moderate struggle this week. I I thought I had something really good. Moderate struggle. That sounds like British (laughs) politics at the moment. (laughs) It does. I was going to do times when spirits from beyond the grave, have offered terrible advice, which, again, could be British politics at the moment. Um, Don't put your finger in the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll end up like me. (laughs) Never eat yellow snow, etc, etc. Don't swallow an apricot whole. (laughs) That's very specific advice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's probably a ghost that died to swallow an apricot. Well, not a ghost that died. You can't die as a ghost, really, can you? Well, can't you, Tom? That'll come back to (laughs) haunt you later in this episode. Oh. Because I'm doing someone who literally did die as a ghost. Oh, that is strange. Yes. Ooh. Was that you falling off your seat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, back on the seat, sorry. Just teetering on the edge momentarily. That was was my impression of a spooky (laughs) wookie. Oh, I see what you mean. They, They come up against British steel. No, I was going to do times when spirits have given terrible advice. And it turns out that actually people tend not to really Is write... Sharp in... meets Game of Thrones? Is that what you just came up with there? <laughs> Sharp did meet Game of Thrones. The entire first series was Sharp in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... Yes. <laughs> Till the bastard die died. Die another day. That was Sharp does James Bond, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. And which Sharp did die another day. <laughs> yeah. For the third time. I was going to try and do times when spirits have, have given terrible advice, but it turns out that people in the past aren't really very keen to write about or to blame spirits and omens for their bad luck. Right. Because, obviously, it's not the omen's fault that you <laughs> that their advice was appalling. You know, you cut open a sparrow, examine its liver, 
It's going to tell yeah. you what to do. If you fuck up after that, it's not the sparrow's fault. It's not. You the, don't want to piss yeah, off no. the sparrow liver gods who are then going to give you bad advice in future. We probably just interpreted it incorrectly, didn't you? Absolutely, yes. So anyway, yeah. that's, that's the problem I found, is that when people have trusted omens in the past and they've turned out to be uh, terrible ideas, people tend not to then uh, put the blame on the omens. You know what, Sam? I think you've just come up with a good topic for next week. Oracles. Uh, I was thinking about this. I've, I've, I was looking into advice from oracles, and actually none of it's particularly fun. Is it not? No. Well, I couldn't find any. I might nix that one. You might veto it. Just because I tried it this week and it was hard. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. I'm sure there is good stuff out there. but <laughs> Shove your oracles up your ass, Delphi. Yes. Whatever colour the poo comes out, it, it tells you what you should do in battle. <laughs> put, this, put this up to your bum. If it comes out green, <laughs> flank them. <laughs> Comes out purple, pincer movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the texture represents the level of aggression required. <laughs> yes. Sloppy poo. <laughs> Go into Sloppy enemy. <laughs> A Trojan effort to get it out, form a phalanx. <laughs> I'm sure you've come across this because your wife is a doctor. You know that there is a chart of different kinds of poo. Yes, yes, yes. The, the Bristol, Bristol scale. Chart. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yes. Goes everything from... Uh, what was it? Hard, hard, hard and pebbly. Hard and pebbly to uh, which is yes, nice to beach resort like. in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Just just down from sandy balls. Hard and pebbly and sloppy and sea. <laughs> yeah. Sandy balls, a real place, by the way, for any any fans of stupid place names out there. Very close to where my family live, there is a holiday camp called Sandy Balls, which apparently is named after three geological features. <laughs> Also known as the meat and two. Well, in veg. my case, they most definitely are, Sam. <laughs> my Iron Age long barrow, woof. Right. <laughs> Do you know, it actually is built on a Iron Age long barrow as well. There you go. Good. <laughs> God, it's like you lived my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, having your dad point out long barrows to you. That's any any British child's upbringing, isn't it? Yeah, Driving I think past so. past Stonehenge and your dad's saying, that's an Iron Age long barrow, that is. Oh, thanks, Dad. Yes. Anyway, how have you found this week? I've had an incredible amount of fun. Good. I chose a good topic all week I've been researching it and having many an LOL moment. <laughs> I forgot, I might have come across something very stupid. I think you're <laughs> going to enjoy this one as well, Sam. I think you're going to have fun with this also. That's a rarity. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we find something spooky to flip, something scary to flip to see who goes first? Yeah. A wedding invite from a relative you don't like. Ooh. Uh, an invite to a christening. Your auntie's <laughs> butt plug. Um, what else is there? We could wow. Flip. You went all in with that, as indeed did your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've got, I've got a bill for £770. Oh, dear. Yeah. And what, what what was worth £770? Some billboard advertising. Wow. Not for this podcast, for, for other work. And it's not just a picture of my oh. face, which would be a brilliant way to spend £770. <laughs> you never spend money on me. <laughs> Don't do I. No. Bitch, I'm leaving. Treating me and keep them keen, Tom. Treating me and, and keep them keen. I'm taking my... And Summer's outfit with me. I don't even find it comfortable. <laughs> it chafes terribly. Chafes. I only wear it because you like it. Did I ever actually say I liked it? <laughs> I made a noise. You may have taken that to be approval. Did it sound? Did it sound <laughs> a little bit like someone saying yes as they yawned? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very much like 
<laughs> Equally spooky noise. Which takes us back to spooky week. It does. Um, I've got a pen from the New Zealand Red Cross. Ooh. Red's a spooky colour, and crosses can it's be spooky. Colour of graveyards. blood. Yeah. All right, then. Flip your pen. Flip my pen. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's make this difficult for you. I don't care right. what side it lands on, Tom. You're going first. Oh, excellent. Did you just I'm nut your first. microphone as you did that? No, that was my knuckle. Sorry. That was, that was my fist. <laughs> Punch the microphone no, it was an accidental... with excitement. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> Nuts. Oh, am I, you making me go first? Well, I'm always going first. Why don't you go first? I'm more than happy to go first. We usually, for the audience, we let Tom go first because it's nearly his bedtime. And if I go first, you can usually hear Tom start to nod off halfway through his own story. <laughs> but I've got a hot lemon tonight. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no not enough for me. Lemon stealing whore, right? Mm. Well, Tom, you spoke earlier about being dead as a ghost, and so I'm doing a dead ghost today. What, what strangeness! I what know. Oddities. Today, I'm going to tell you about the Hammersmith ghost murder. That's right, the murder of a ghost, or was it? No, because ghosts aren't real. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I was going to just butt in there. And that... That's me done, Tom, right over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to start my bit off with just explaining to people briefly that ghosts don't exist. You can still do but that. I'm glad we got that out. <laughs> are we going to go into that in any more detail, or are we going to assume a level of intelligence? Do you know what do exist, Tom? Charlatans exist. <laughs> yes, yes. People who claim to be able to speak to ghosts exist. Yes, thank you, Sam. That is very much what I'm going to be doing tonight. In that case... I will leave that for now. And I'm going to take us to London and the turn of the 19th century for the hunt for a dead man that actually left a man dead. Right. The year is 1803, and London is a city of around a million people at this time. To, by the standards of the time, a really big city. And after dark, in a time when there were no real streetlights as such, a very dangerous place to be. Lots of crime, lots of robbers, uh, lots of poo on the floor that you can trip over because sanitation hasn't properly been invented yet. Mm. And it was about to get a lot more dangerous with an evil walking the streets that would result in an innocent man being killed and a quirk of UK law that would still be haunting the legal system. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. For 200 years afterwards... It's November 1803, and a string of assaults take place near Hammersmith Churchyard at night. Two women... Ooh, one it's already very... spooky. Ooh. Ooh. In a churchyard. I, I know. <laughs> Two women, one very old and the other very heavily pregnant, have been grabbed as they pass the churchyard and both died of shock within the next few days. Ooh. A few days later, at around 9pm, a man was grabbed by the throat whilst walking through the gravestones and claimed he'd punched the supposed ghost, later telling the court that the ghost had, and I quote, given me a twist around and I saw nothing. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist and felt something soft like a great coat. And his companion Ooh. corroborated the story that a ghost had jumped out and grabbed him. Incidentally, how Victorian is it to say that someone died of shock? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, you, you died of shock. What yes. other things did they die from in the Victorian period? They died of things like hysteria. Yes. Didn't they? Died of hysteria. Consumption was an actual disease, wasn't it? It wasn't just eating too much. Yeah, it wasn't just capitalism. <laughs> Died of capitalism. <laughs> Welcome to a great podcast about glorious communists. I think consumption might be TB. Tuberculosis. 
the earliest. Yeah, there we go. Didn't even need to Google it. Bang. And other hilarious things you can die of. <laughs> yes, dying of hysteria. Yeah, that was a, that was a real thing in Victorian times. Good way to go. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, in a fit of hysteria. Yeah, that'd be bloody What'd good. What would we say? Ha 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 ha! Ah, my heart's just stopped. <laughs> oh, I was taking it more to mean like mass hysteria, like mass panic. Oh right, do you think? Because that would be dying of hysterics. <laughs> Laughing would be dying of hysterics. <laughs> like most of our listeners, Sam. <laughs> Indeed. After very heavy editing, yes. Didn't someone famously die watching a Goonies episode? Yes, they did. Alex Mitchell, in 1975, laughed himself to death whilst watching The Goodies. Not The Goonies, The Goodies. Oh, sorry, The Goonies is that Ameri- that cult American film, isn't it? The, sorry, The Goodies is the, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, the very silly English sketch, comedy sketch show. There you go. Yes. Anyway, yes. So, the two women died of shock. A man claimed that he'd punched this ghost, and his companion corroborated the story. And in another instance, a hackney carriage driver apparently saw the ghost and fled, abandoning his passengers. Oh, blimey! Oh, I can't be bothering with this! Oh, my God! <laughs> Quick, out you get! Off we go! Up the apples and pears! What's this? You want to go south of the river after 9pm? Ooh! Oh, look! It's a ghost! <laughs> Come on, blimey, governor! I'm fucking off! <laughs> Looks like there's a wookie dookie, spooky! Come on, keep up! <laughs> I'm, on, I'm off on a Chelsea bun, run! Come on, come with me! <laughs> I just council gritted myself! <laughs> Shut myself! Oh, it doesn't rhyme! <laughs> <laughs> shit myself, council gritter, shitter. I <laughs> know, I know, I know, but the, the past tense of shit is shat. Isn't it? It is. So it'd have to be cancelled gratted myself. <laughs> <laughs> it would, if you're being grammatically correct, which... Have you ever met a Londoner? <laughs> oh, very good. So this, right, so he runs off and leaves his passengers. Very responsible taxi driver. Yeah, so he council grits off. Yep. <laughs> and this was all happening around November 1803. And then on December 29th, a night watchman called Willie Girdler. Wow. <laughs> Great name, Willie right? Girdler. Great name. Jeez, that's a Victorian porn star's name, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is indeed, yeah. A Scottish Scottish Victorian <laughs> porn star. Willie Girdler. Hello. <laughs> yes, there's definitely a subcategory on Pornhub for Willie Girdling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that sounds horrible. Willie Girdling. Unnecessary. You're like... You'll like where this is going, Tom. You'll like the next sentence. I think you'll appreciate it. Okay, hit me. So, on December 29th, a night watchman called Willie Girdler spotted the ghost whilst patrolling around Beaver Lane. (laughs) And... uh... (laughs) Oh, dude, just reminded me of a euphemism I I came across in my research. Uh, yes, so he spotted this ghost whilst patrolling around Beaver Lane and chased it, but it got away, throwing off its shroud as the figure beneath darted off into an alleyway. Incidentally, Tom, if your Willie is walking on Beaver Lane, never throw off your shroud. Do practice safe sex, kids. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Willie Girdler on Beaver Lane. Uh, yes, anyway. <laughs> Hello, Willie Girdler. Hello. <laughs> Has anybody seen Willie? <laughs> Willie Girdler. It sounds like a job description, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, a very Victorian job description. How many Willie Girdlers helped build helped build Iron <laughs> yes, Bridge? Yes, in the eighteen oh two in the eighteen oh two census, there were thirty people listed themselves as Willie Girdlers, all working on the Titanic, uh, <laughs> girdling the Willies, <laughs> <laughs> yes, attending to first class. <laughs> yeah. 
Very good. Yes. So, Tom, was this a ghost or was it a man? Woo! Spoiler alert, it was a man. Rumours <laughs> circulating at the time were that it was a ghost of a man who'd committed suicide the year before by slitting his own throat. A very good London ghost story. He'd then been buried in the churchyard, which superstition at the time argued was a very, very bad idea because the souls of the deceased, yeah. if they committed suicide, would not be able to rest if they'd been buried in very a churchyard. Very Christians, aren't they, when it comes to mental health problems? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> First one for a friendly hand. <laughs> oh, you've got bipolar, have you? No, sorry, not going to heaven for you. No. <laughs> You're staying in hell. You're the one that fucking gave me bipolar, you bastard. You're omnipotent shithead. <laughs> yeah. Not one of the greatest bits of uh, Christian history, Christian is it? Their treatment making. of mental health issues <laughs> through time. Yeah. So, yes, he'd been buried in the churchyard, but he shouldn't have been because he committed suicide. And if you're sad, you don't go to heaven. God only likes happy people, Tom. Happy, clappy people. The sort of people... That and Puritans. At a, at a wedding. Oh, I once <laughs> went to a wedding for someone who was a lovely, lovely chap that I, I knew from university... But he's very, very Christian. He's kindly invited. <laughs> a man to his we wedding. shall call. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not naming names. Fuck. <laughs> who um, very, very kindly invited me and my wife to his wedding. And it was a lovely wedding, but uh, very, very Christian. And halfway through the first hymn, people behind us started getting up and giving it some of the claps over their heads, and because they were just enjoying the hymn so much. Hallelujah! Yeah. My wife and I were just looking at each other like, do, are we supposed to join in? Do, do we, are we supposed to stand up and start clapping? Well, the problem is, if you'd started slow clapping, it would just have looked sarcastic. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, would, I would have struggled to... Have... Just a slow clap. <laughs> well done. Yep. Yeah, hallelujah. Well done. I would have struggled to have pulled that one off, I think. Still, it was a long service and you had to kill some time, so... <laughs> I thought you might go down that route. <laughs> Way anyway, I like to start with Genesis just to warm up. I've always liked Phil Collins. (laughs) Thank you very much. I can hear it coming in the air again for the the third. I think it's the third (laughs) week in the row. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in the air tonight. At least use one of those little prayer cushions to, do. <laughs> to mop it up. <laughs> Jesus, oh. he knows me, and he knows I'm right. <laughs> I've been waking up with Jesus all my life. <laughs> oh, yes, he knows wow. me. Wow, this just got us blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we're going to have to save some Christians to get back in heaven now. <laughs> yes, so this guy was basically a ghost haunting the graveyard where he was buried after committing suicide. But it seemed that being buried in a churchyard also gave the dead some very odd fashion sense, Tom. Right. Because as well as the traditional white sheet, people described this ghost as having great big Viking horns, a cloak, and big glass googly eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me think that this possibly wasn't a ghost, but might actually have just been someone cosplaying Asterix in a graveyard. Uh, Or a short-sighted Viking. (laughs) (laughs) Olaf the Blind. (laughs) He just got lost with his big, big bottle, big milk top glasses. What are they they called? Milk top glasses? I don't remember. Milk bottle, yeah. Oh, dear. Goggly eyes, horns, and what else? (laughs) And a big cloak as well. Big cloak, right. Yes. 
Doesn't sound very scary, really, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. I was going to say, it sounds like the suicide victim might possibly have been the unsuccessful owner of London's first fancy dress shop. (laughs) (laughs) Who's just buried with his most precious treasures. (laughs) A joke arrow through the head. (laughs) Glasses with eyes on springs. (laughs) (laughs) Skipping around, planting whoopee cushions around the... (laughs) Yeah, just pops up from behind a grave. <laughs> fake, and just, fake turds. It's <laughs> a fake turd down. Pops up and just sprays you with some fart spray. <laughs> Pours itching powder down your back as you walk in through the graveyard. <laughs> as, his, as his bow tie starts spinning around. <laughs> just in a dark alleyway, you just <laughs> see this spinning LED <laughs> coming towards you. The sort of guy that everyone loves to invite to their parties. Maths teachers. <laughs> either way, the locals were convinced that there was either a ghost or a walking joke shop on the prowl <laughs> and decided to <laughs> and decided to do something about it. And that something, Tom, was to form vigilante groups of concerned citizens. Because what could possibly go wrong when you give nervous, untrained members of the public weapons and adrenaline, Tom? What could go Especially wrong? During the Victorian period. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where there's no common sense. Hello, by the way, to all of our American police audience. <laughs> oh, nice dig. <laughs> Actually, they'd never have shot at a ghost, Tom. They're white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, let's see how many listeners drop off. <laughs> yep. Oh, that lovely lady from what was it? The lovely lady from Alabama who said that she's oh the Texas, Texas, Texas. What well, was Texas? Wasn't it? Lady from Texas who said that she now, when people are talking to her and she they, she's getting annoyed with them, she responds to them in her head in a posh English accent. Or well, what was this? As an Englishman <laughs> yeah. trying to be a woman. Oh, brilliant. That did crack me up. Oh, yes. Hello to you, by the way. Thank you for your lovely feedback. (laughs) Anyway, Tom, we're back to Beaver Lane and Willie Girdler. Excellent. Who's on his patrols again when at around 10.30pm on January the 3rd, 1804, he meets one of these vigilantes, a customs officer called Francis Smith. And... (laughs) <laughs> this isn't the great part of the story Sorry, Todger Jeffries Sorry, his name was Todger Jeffries <laughs> Cunt McTrousers Oh, you'll love name. this, Todd do, to, do you want to know, genuinely You, you know the UK Independence Party, UKIP Yes Which uh, used to be a, a, a quite major party in the UK And has now since been taken over by Essentially internet racists <laughs> Its leader has just quit It's just lost its like third leader in a year Guess what the leader of UKIP's name was, Tom? Oh, I don't know. And you can Google this to prove that I'm not joking. I don't know. Dick Brain. Brain. <laughs> Dick Just Brain. Just yourself Richard. It's not hard. Rick Brain. <laughs> oh, it was, Tom. Oh, it was hard. <laughs> Dick Brain. That's cruel parenting, isn't it? Christ. Oh, but just anything sounds bad if you decide that your name's Richard and you're going to let everyone call you Dick. <laughs> yes. Dick Head. Dick Smith. Dick Cartwright. I don't know. It's just... It's, <laughs> Dick doesn't make anything better, does it? It does not, no. That's enough fun names. This guy was just called Francis Smith. Very boring. And he met Willie Girdler and they agreed to meet up again just after 11 to go ghost hunting. And so they went on their separate ways. Sounds a bit like Pokemon Go, doesn't it? It does sound like Pokemon Go, yeah. So 11pm arrived and Smith went off to meet Girdler again. Now, on the way, he came across... A painter and decorator in the street, a guy called Thomas Millwood, who was on his way home from visiting his oh, mum. I know this story. Do you? Ah. I know where this is going. Yeah. 
So, what do painters and decorators traditionally wear, Tom? Exactly, lingerie. I see where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the finest that Victoria's Secret has to offer. (laughs) Thinly veiled under white hats, white overalls and white linen trousers. And presumably because he'd just been visiting his mum for the weekend, Millwood's linens were all clean, sparkly and freshly washed. (laughs) Very bright white. Francis Smith had a shotgun, Francis Smith had an itchy trigger finger, being out on his own at night, and pretty quickly Francis Smith had an actual corpse at his feet. Thomas Millwood's sister heard the commotion, later telling the court that just after her brother had left the house, she'd heard Francis demanding, Damn you, who are you and what are you? Damn you, I'll shoot you! And at which point he did in fact shoot him. A post-mortem in a local pub found that he'd been shot in the jaw with one of the pellets severing his spine, which must have put the other drinkers off a little bit. I was about to say, what a strange place to conduct a post-mortem. This is very Victorian, this story, yeah. isn't it? It is. Drag a man into a pub, cut him open. Yes, the bullet definitely entered his spine. There's all the other drinkers vomit. <laughs> Projectile vomit around you. Go right off their pork scratchings. Jelly deals. Ugh. Actually, eel's delicious. I don't know if you've ever tried it. It's, it's lovely. Nice, yeah. Not with strawberry jelly, though. Not with strawberry jelly, no. Great aside that's going to get completely cut out. Meanwhile, a crowd had gathered around and Smith was very quickly arrested and tried for willful murder. In the trial, the judge told the jury, I should betray my duty and injure the public security if I did not persist in asserting that this is a clear case of murder, if the facts be proved to your satisfaction. All killing whatsoever amounts to murder, unless either justified by the law or in self-defence. In cases of some involuntary acts or some sufficiently violent provocation, it becomes manslaughter. None of these circumstances occur here. So his argument was, the judge's argument was, that... This ghost, Miller, hadn't been doing anything threatening. He'd just been walking in the street. So it wasn't self-defence. And it wasn't an involuntary act because he'd intended to shoot him. So it was definitely, definitely murder. Now, it's important to note, Tom, that impersonating a ghost, unsurprisingly, is not a capital offence. You will not be hung for impersonating a ghost. And in fact, it carried only a small fine. Uh, There was actually a law about pranking and scaring the public so it was a criminal offence didn't seem to put off the guy in the graveyard did it (laughs) no what's important to note that Miller hadn't been a ghost he'd just been a painter and decorator the judge also noted that Smith had made absolutely no attempt to arrest this supposed ghost he'd just shot it and obviously it wasn't a ghost just a bloke the jury tried to return a verdict of manslaughter or accidental killing but the judge said no he's either guilty of murder or he's not guilty at all so the jury said it was murder and Smith was sentenced to death and dissection Death and dissection. Yeah, death and dissection, which I don't think is being hung, drawn and quartered. I think it's different. I think it's you, you're hung until you're dead, and then instead of being buried like a good Christian, your body goes to medical science, right. is, I, is yeah, I think okay. what that Death and dissection, was. fair enough. And the king later commuted that on appeal to one year's hard labour. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a big drop-off. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> that got better quite quickly. We could kill you, or we could make you break rocks for a year. Which, 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 would, which would it uh, be? Where is he going? We could do either. So yes, he got commuted to one year's hard labour, which, a pure conjecture on my part, but had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he was a customs officer and worked for the government. That <laughs> it is. Just luck. Luck. In fact, the real ghost did eventually come forward. There was a guy who'd been pretending to be a ghost. It was a shoemaker called John Graham, who'd actually been dressing as a ghost to scare and get revenge on his apprentice, 
because his apprentice kept telling his kids scary stories. So actually, it was just a guy dressing as a ghost to scare people. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't very good at pranking the one person he needed to prank. No. He just scared he seemed... the shit out of two females and then got punched by someone else. He was just clearly hiding behind a gravestone and every time he heard anyone come past was jumping yeah. out. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 not you, not you. Let me just put this fart spray back away. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, take off my horned helmet. Sorry. That's just me. Just a normal person. I'm the guy. Oh, hello, Barry. How are your shoes? <laughs> Oh, well, I was actually, thank you very much. When people were talking about this ghost's appearance, it's always the glass eyes and the googly horns, isn't it? It's never the fine leather brogues. <laughs> yeah. It's never the beautiful Italian stitch work. It's a nice 1970s Never heels. appreciated for your craft, is it? <laughs> yes, just a bloke in a bedsheet. So, that would seem to be the end of it, Tom, but it wasn't, because this case actually set a precedent in UK law that if you mistakenly believed a crime was taking place and intervened to help, that did not count as a defence. Right. So it set up the idea that it was your actions and not your thoughts that were going to be judged. And this stood as precedent until 1984, so 180 years, when the Court of Appeal overturned this theory. And it was in a case called The Crown versus Williams, where a guy saw what he thought was an assault happening in the street and wrestled the assailant to the ground, injuring him quite badly. And it turns out that this assailant was actually just a member of the public trying to arrest a thief. So Williams was initially found guilty of assault, but that was later overturned because he had genuinely believed that he was helping. And so after 180 years... Sounds like a sensible conclusion. That would be sensible, wouldn't it? Shooting a guy because you think he's a ghost, still not acceptable. No. <laughs> but after 180 years, the Hammersmith ghost case could finally be laid to rest and overturned. So to speak. So to speak. But I've got an honourable mention now, Tom, because, oh, oh, if only the ghost had come around 120 years later, Tom. If only we could have talked to it and asked it what it was all about. Because today's honourable mention, Tom, is Thomas Edison's ghost phone. Uh, well, actually, we probably couldn't because it was a nonsense machine that never worked from one of history's most dubious inventors slash intellectual property thieves. <laughs> yes, in October 1920, Thomas Edison told American Magazine, the magazine for Americans and the people who love them, that he had invented, quote, an apparatus to see if it is possible for personalities which have left this earth to communicate with us. Right. And presumably by personalities who have left this earth, he means ghosts not astronauts or William Shatner <laughs> and no documentation or designs exist for this thing there is no actual other than Edison's word there is no evidence that it ever existed but he did claim to have a nearly working prototype when asked about whether it was possible to communicate with ghosts he said I do not claim anything because I don't know anything about the subject great start from the guy who's invented the phone to communicate yeah, with the dead yeah, yeah. for that matter no human being knows but I do claim that it's possible to construct an apparatus which will be so delicate that if there are personalities in another existence or sphere who wish to get in touch with us in this existence or sphere, the apparatus will at least give them a better opportunity to express themselves than the tilting tables and wraps and Ouija boards and mediums and other crude methods now purported to be the only means of communication. Oh, Sam, you are segueing beautifully onto my part here. Oh, yes, yes. He didn't give too much away about how it would work, just saying that it involved very sensitive valves of some kind and possibly some small light beams. Either way, he did have a test subject lined up, an apprentice who had died whilst working on the project, 
Typical Edison, that even in the grave, he's calling to ask if you can cover unpaid extra shifts. The absolute dick. <laughs> but there we go, Tom. Today's honourable mention, dickhead Thomas Edison's dickhead ghost-talking bollocks machine <laughs> that uh, there was clearly a market for and clearly no science behind. So there we Great go. Stuff. On, on the subject of honourable mentions, you reminded me, with um, your silly names, of the Cock Lane Ghost. Did you come across this one? I did not come across the Cock Lane Ghost. 1762, Cock Lane in London was being haunted. <laughs> Who was it being haunted by, Sam? A giant pecker. Uh, a lady called Fanny. So Fanny was haunting <laughs> Cock Lane. Oh. Scratching Fanny. Scratching, yeah, scratching Fanny. Fanny haunting who Cock Lane. Cock Lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. London ghost stories. <laughs> Bloody brilliant. So was that one you came across in your research? Or? Yes, I did, because I actually think I briefly came across the Hammersmith ghost. Because when you mentioned ah. the painter, it suddenly clicked. Um, and I came across the Cock Lane ghost as well, but it's, I think it's reasonably well known, so I didn't go with it. But I did want to mention the rather funny names. Fanny, for, uh, we've explained this in a previous podcast to our listeners from outside the UK, haven't we? Fanny is a vagina in British slang. Yes, it's British slang for vagina, yes. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so, and cock is British slang for cock. So, um, <laughs> um, so yes, you, you mentioned mediums. Now, this is what I've been exploring this week, and this is what has been bringing so much pleasure to my week, Sam. I'm going to be talking about mediums. So let's start with spiritualism, because spiritualism... Oh, let's. Uh, yes, let's what a treat. Briefly dis- I'll briefly summarise what spiritualism was and still is for some people. So spiritualism bollocks. was very big during the Victorian period. <laughs> and that's this week. <laughs> we'll join you next week for an exploration of that. Yeah. So, so spiritualism was very... Second time in one podcast for that joke and it's still it's good. still just as hot as it was at the start. Spiritualism was big during the Victorian period in most Western countries, to be honest. It's called a religious movement, but to be honest with you, I'm not convinced that people who were calling themselves spiritualists would have identified solely as a spiritualist. I'm sure they would have thought of themselves as Christians as well. But anyway. They would have thought of themselves as charlatans. Yes, yeah. yeah. It was incredibly popular, spiritualism. Crazy. Spiritualism was essentially the belief that after death there was a sort of spirit world that was accessed from our world and usually through mediums. So this is the world of seances, Ouija boards, levitating tables, haunted houses, etc., And I'm referring to it in the past sense, spiritualism, uh, because it reached its height in the second half of the 19th century and declined in popularity quite rapidly in the first quarter of the 20th century when mediums were demonstrated to be complete charlatans. So very much at the same time as as your story. And then a resurgence with the History Channel in the US, which which I'm pretty sure has showed some quite dodgy programming about mediums and spiritualism alongside ancient aliens and other high-quality productions. Yeah. Some history documentary. Is this Discovery Channel, is it? Yeah. Uh, Some of them are appalling. And you you watch an hour-long documentary and you learn one minute's worth of content. And for crying out loud, challenge us, people! Watch a good old-fashioned British documentary about history. The, the World at War. Yes. Get some bloody content. The World at War. <laughs> 18 hours. Oh, yes. Full of content. 18 You've got to pay hours. attention, haven't you, Sam? You've got to pay attention when you're watching that. You do, yes. Content. Let's not patronise people. It's actually, to be fair, World at War actually is a really uh, is a really good series. And if you're a fan of like podcasts like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, you probably will really like oh, it. It's, it's fantastic. very good. I, it's fantastic. Uh, 
I would like. But it to, is fucking it's long. It's fucking long, <laughs> fucking detailed, and it's full. It's very, very detailed. There's the Great War as well, isn't there? There's the Great War and the World at War. The Great War is about the First World War, and the World at War is about the Second mm. World War. I think. I think really so, high yes. quality. Anyway, let's start with the mediums who were channeling these spirits from the spirit world. Here's a good example: the Fox Sisters, who are some of the earliest and most influential mediums. Is that Fox's F O X or Fox's F U C H S? A little red creature that runs around being chased by hounds good okay so the fox sisters not the fox not, sisters, not the fox sisters. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. that yeah that early gotcha. that early attempt at a I'm motown there. band <laughs> didn't really take off then the supremes came along and they took all the anyway the fox sisters so as girls they lived in a house that was supposedly haunted and there were lots of mysterious tapping noises and rapping noises the girls learned to communicate the spirits creating the, these noises through a systems of taps. So one for yes, two for no, three for I don't really exist, four for we're a naughty bunch of sisters <laughs> taking the piss out of people. When investigated, <laughs> it was proposed that the girls were communicating with the spirit of a man murdered in the cellar. And the cellar was investigated, Sam, and bones were found. Were the they? Sisters became very fake. Well, it's actually, it was pig bones. Um, and there was two of them. So two bones <laughs> yes. from a pig, I think I read. Uh, the sisters became very famous and started publicly... <laughs> Spooky. So the sisters became very famous and started public shows where they would communicate with spirits. And they did mingle with the rich and the famous. They were investigated by lots of famous people like Houdini, who was investigating a lot of these charlatans during this period. And people like Arthur Conan Doyle were, were very into spiritualism, fascinated by it. Mm. Well, it features quite a lot in Sherlock Holmes, doesn't it? It's kind of the... I've not read much Sherlock Holmes. They were very superstitious, the Victorians. In fact, the act of investigating spiritualists in, in itself became a bit of a religious movement by the looks of it. And that is potentially a topic for another episode, because if I started going into that, there were some incredibly funny characters who were investigating these spiritualists but I had to cut them out. That's one we could do next week. We could do charlatans next week. Then you can talk about yeah, them. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, all right, charlatanism. Good work. We could talk about oracles and that as well, couldn't we? There you go. Yeah, we can, yeah. In reality, these three girls had worked out a way of making really loud clicking noises with their toe joints or by other means. Ooh. And this was actually... That in itself is an act I'd pay to see. I think it was... Fuck the spiritualism. I, I want to see someone doing a drum solo with their toes. <laughs> yeah. I think they were basically clicking their fingers with their toes. They're actually just like a, an early beatbox trio. <laughs> Toesy beatbox. Wicked, wicked, wow, wow. <laughs> doing scratching with their thighs. <laughs> scratching Fanny and the toe clickers. <laughs> This is a piece of free jazz that I like to call. Scratching the fanny and the toe clickers. Great stuff. This is a piece I like to call the haunting of Cock Lane. That's Willie Girdler. That's Willie Girdler playing a solo on the skin flute. Would you like to explain that joke to people, please, Sam? What's the name of that song? The Baker there Street. It's go. a it's a very famous saxophone solo from a from a song called Baker Street. Very good. There's a whole load of legends going around about. There's apparently a load of famous people who supposedly played the saxophone on Baker Street. It's a very old. It's a meme that kind of dates back to I think the seventy. Well, when the song came out, who played the sax solo? Ah. Who did play the sax solo? I don't know, but it wasn't any of the celebrities who apparently Chuck did. Chuck Norris. It was Chuck Norris. <laughs> On to some ridiculous mediums, some more ridiculous mediums. The Fox Sisters aren't the most ridiculous, they're just a nice example. Daniel Douglas Home, a Scottish medium, very famous at the time. 
this man could apparently levitate to great heights and there are lots of explanations for this <laughs> it's basically just trickery these guys a lot of these mediums are actually very capable magicians ah i really hope his business card said okai the woo <laughs> good work it's not good, good. Work. i'm ashamed of it but it's making you the can, cut <laughs> right, right in the strictly come dancing and say you can you can you can use this joke in your halloween episode <laughs> Anyway, as with all of the famous mediums during this period, Daniel Douglas Home was caught being fraudulent on many occasions, which completely what? undermined the credibility of all the other acts that he was he was managing to pull off without anyone understanding how it took place. So a lot of these levitation tricks, people couldn't work out how he did it, but lots of the other things were quite obviously fraudulent. So, for example, in 1855, mm. he was caught by a sitter. So that's someone uh, sitting in on the seance using a false limb attached to the end of his arm. So he basically, <laughs> he basically, you think this is good, you wait, Sam. So he basically had like a paper mache, from what I could understand, like a paper mache hand <laughs> he'd created. And in the dark room, he was going, oh, there's a hand of the spirit world. And sort of poking people in the face with this paper mache hand. With just a broomstick with five sausages attached to the end. <laughs> That's basically what it is. It's <laughs> <Chipolatas laughs> on the end. <laughs> You're being touched by the spirits. Yes, the smell of sage and onion is the smell of the spirit Again, world. Again, Sam, you talk about the smell of the spirit world. You wait. Um, um, imagine that, having, some, having five chipolatas waggled in your face. <laughs> in the dark. Aunt Mabel, is that you? <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting this. I was just... I didn't know that cold, yesterday. clammy, porky hand anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so having sausages waggled in your face. During another seance, one of the attendees grabbed at a luminous <laughs> object that magically appeared at the table, and it turned out to be Holmes' naked foot. <laughs> the other side of the table. <laughs> Again, a subcategory on Pornhub all its own. <laughs> De-socked. Yeah, so... So he's, he's basically in a dark room. His foot was lifting up and sort of he was waggling his toes around the other side of the table, <laughs> pretending to be a spirit. <laughs> Imagine with a little smiley face he'd drawn on with Biro. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I am the ghost of your auntie. <laughs> Smells a lot like cheese after that sage and onion. I am the ghost of latent fetishes past. <laughs> Auntie, you never used to have a bunion on your face. (laughs) Uh, A a common trick uh, used by these mediums was to use oil of phosphorus to make things sort of glow slightly. So he probably had oil of phosphorus on his foot to make it glow a little bit like Slimer from Ghostbusters. So, yes. Here's Here's another crazy medium. Eusapia Palladino. She had a spirit guide called John King. So she was taking the piss a little bit here. <laughs> John King being <laughs> yes. Joe King. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she used similar tricks to those already discussed, but also liked to attach long hairs to objects so she could apparently make things move on the table by, by tugging on the <laughs> hair that people couldn't see. Ooh, there were lots of... <laughs> I am the spirit of bath plugs past. <laughs> It's like the Kappa, the Japanese folklore. Yes, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a little cousin yeah. who sneaks into the house and leaves hairs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uses the bath and leaves hairs blocking up the plug hole. Woo! It's the Kappa. 
not my wife who's just washed her hair. <laughs> there are lots of examples of spirits appearing during seances and attendees grabbing at the spirits to find something rather more mundane than a spirit. <laughs> what the mediums would do is they would basically have really, really shit effigies. And you can Google this. You can Google this and find photographic evidence of some of the really appalling effigies that were created for these seances. So send me some of those and I'll stick them on social oh, media. please do. They're fucking brilliant. You'd imagine black and white photos of Victorian seances would be bloody spooky. They're not. They're fucking hilarious. (laughs) Um, They're awful. On one occasion I researched, one medium was discovered by a sitter on her knees pretending to be an Indian child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello. Come again. Oh, I'm a little Indian child. You know, waving her head back and forward. (laughs) When we we say Indian child, do we mean Indian as in Indian subcontinent or Indian as in Native American? Indian subcontinent, yeah. Right, yep. okay. Yep. I mean, I'm not doing the accent either way. <laughs> Can you do a Native American accent? That could be very offensive. Come on, um, here we go. <laughs> Ooh, go on. No. <laughs> Indulge us. Go on. Ooh. Donald Trump's already done it. Oh, go on. Just... I didn't realise Donald Trump was from Skipton. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Elizabeth Warren, I like to call her Bogontis. I use the best words. I've got all words. I like words, me. Top words. I like greyhounds too. Out, out words. <laughs> Racing pigeons. <laughs> you finished? Yep. Carry on. <laughs> so, as mentioned previously, sometimes or quite commonly, these spirits were just really badly constructed effigies, and really badly, often cutouts from magazines. So, <laughs> the me- I shit you not, mediums would get a-, a magazine and they would cut out a face from a magazine, stick it on cardboard and cover it in cheesecloth on a stick. And midway through the seance, they would waggle this thing around. Often, they go, it's, it's your long-lost son. I haven't got a long-lost son. It looks son. quite a bit like David Hasselhoff, but it's not. Yeah, it's... Again, you've jumped ahead there, Sam. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> not, not David Hasselhoff, he wasn't born. But similar... These mediums were often completely balmy too, completely balmy. There was a French lady called Eva Carriera, um, may not pronounce that correctly, Eva Carriera. She was well known for getting naked during seances and running around the room performing semi-pornographic acts (laughs) on the sitters. Yeah, that sounds like something no one paid for. Mm -hmm. Well, by all accounts... (laughs) She's just mad! Her and her boyfriend (laughs) basically came up with this because her boyfriend said you're going to get more males if you make it slightly pornographic. Um, and again, yes. there are pictures of her poking her head round from curtains in the nip with a magazine face on a stick. <laughs> Literally, there are. Can you imagine this? Like, if you suddenly communicate with, again, Aunt Mabel from Beyond the Grave, it's like, ooh, it's Aunt Mabel. Why are you grinding against me, Aunt Mabel? Ooh, feel these in your face. I'm not, I don't like it, Aunt Mabel. You were such a gentle old lady. Feel my tits. Aunt Mabel, stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. I'm delighted to see you again, but really. <laughs> yes, this is lovely, but you've changed. <laughs> also, why have you got a French accent and smell of onions? <laughs> well, Sam, again, you're talking about smelling of onions. We're going to park that thought. So, Eva Carriera was big on ectoplasm. 
So ectoplasm is, is the name of the <laughs> substance like that spirits supposedly were made of when they entered the living world. So this is basically Ghostbusters. This is the slime, right? That's yep. ectoplasm. Yep, yep. And man, the ectoplasm is fantastic. Usually they were made of things like cheesecloth, as I've alluded to, paper, tissues. And they often apparently smelled a bit funny. Park that thought again with the other thoughts. <laughs> Eva Carriera would drape these ectoplasms over the cardboard cutouts of people like she was found to have cutouts of Woodrow Wilson <laughs> and King Ferdinand of Bulgaria were, were some of her favourite cutouts for these <laughs> for these spirits. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Woodrow Wilson and I've got 14 points from beyond the grave. <laughs> so, yes... 14 points and a slightly Stilton-esque aura. (laughs) (laughs) Telegio, the smell of Telegio. So, talking of Telegio, in one sitting, and remember that thought about these things smelling, in one sitting, a researcher, researchers were always paying these mediums to sit in and try and see how it was done or whether it was true, because it seems to be that a lot of these Victorians genuinely wanted to believe in spiritualism. And so they were mm. willing to see that these, a lot of these tricks were true. And, and of course, they did then convince themselves that it exactly, was true. Exactly, but unfortunately, I think the Regardless mediums were so happened. shite that even people convinced <laughs> that they wanted, convinced that spiritualism existed, had to point out that that was a, you know, this person was a fraud. And quite commonly, these researchers would come out and say, yes, this lady is fraudulent in these aspects, but we can't explain how she made the table levitate. They were desperate to get something out of these instances. Anyway, in one sitting, a researcher gave Eva Carriera a vaginal exam to ensure that no fake ectoplasm had what? been stuffed up her <laughs> vagina. After the sitting, what now? Carriera apparently spread her legs and excitedly asked the researcher to check again. She was completely fucking nuts. And ectoplasm <laughs> stuffed in vaginas was not unusual. It was a common trick by mediums. <laughs> Ectoplasms were also often regurgitated oh, by no. mediums during seances. And also one oh, male no. Danish medium used to stuff his ectoplasm up his ass and pull that out halfway through. <laughs> So if you wonder where that smell was coming <laughs> waggle, from... Waggle that in your face. <laughs> oh, Woodrow Wilson, you smell a bit like shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit and bacon? What have you been eating, Woodrow Wilson? <laughs> shit and bacon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were big pop rivals, weren't they? The Scratchy Fanny and the... <laughs> Scratchy Fanny and the... What? The Fuck Sisters and Scratching Fanny. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Scratching Fanny and the Fuck Sisters. Dear God. Just, what I love as well is the mental image of it being dark. And this da- this Danish medium sat there kind of rummaging around. <laughs> just, and he's like, ooh, you might hear the ghosts arriving. The tinkling of their spirits as they come down from the world. He pulls his cheesecloth out of his ass. There's just little bits of Lego falling onto the floor. Because it's Denmark! (laughs) I see! I see! That and a herring pops out. (laughs) Oh, stick that's my lunch. Stick that back up there. That's festering nicely. Got a couple of months before it's ready, that. Have that with some rye bread later. Uh, Oh, bicycle! Oh, shit, hold on. (laughs) Ring, ring! Uh, so you can imagine people walking out of that bloody seance, can't you? Hey, darling, darling, did you enjoy the seance? 
well, it was a the spirit world smells a bit funny, doesn't it? it smells a bit like half bag and vomit. What did you think? <laughs> Which incidentally sounds a little bit like a Victorian puppet show, doesn't it? Ask Vagina Vomit. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> no, it's bloody not. Children, come with me. We're leaving. <laughs> oh, but we haven't got to the bit where he slaps him with the sausage yet. <laughs> Donkey punching Judy. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, I can't. I'll have to. I'll have to debate whether that stays in the cut. You, you took out my Prince Andrew comment last week. <laughs> anyway, here's a funny anecdote to finish on, Sam. Or well, another funny anecdote to finish on. Helen Duncan. She was a balmy Scottish medium who produced some truly spectacularly shit ectoplasms, worthy of a primary school nativity <laughs> play. She was known for swallowing ectoplasm oh. and regurgitating it. Really, you bring you bring primary school nativity plays into the conversation we've just had about where this ectoplasm comes from. <laughs> anyway. And lo, an angel came down. <laughs> oh dear. So one investigator asked to x-ray her to check that she wasn't swallowing ectoplasm and then regurgitating it. Here is an abbreviated quote, quite a long one, from the investigator, and I think it's a nice way to finish. She refused to be x-rayed. Her husband went up to her and told her it was painless. She jumped up and gave him a smashing blow on the face, which sent him reeling. Then she went for Dr. (laughs) William Brown, who was present. He dodged the blow. Mrs. Duncan, without the slightest warning, dashed out into the street, had an attack of hysteria, and began to tear her seance garment to pieces. She clutched the railings and screamed and screamed. I leave the reader to visualise the scene. A 17-stone woman, clad in black sateen tights, locked to the railings, screaming at the top of her voice. However, they gave us another seance, and the control said we could cut off a piece of the teleplasm when it appeared. The sight of half a dozen men, each with a pair of scissors, waiting for the word was amusing. It came and we all jumped. One of the doctors got hold of the stuff and secured a piece. The medium screamed and the rest of the telepasm went down her throat. This time it wasn't cheesecloth. It proved to be paper, soaked in white of egg, folded into a flattened tube. Could anything be more infantile than a group of grown-up men wasting time, money and energy on the antics of a fat female crook? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, that was still the quote at the end. Yes. <laughs> wow, okay. Fat female crook. Brilliant. Are you, you were talking there about a 17-stone woman running out into the street, screaming, wailing, and ripping all of her clothes off. You've been to Glasgow, haven't you? That is... <laughs> Regurgitating stuff she swallowed last night. That is just Saturday night in Glasgow. That's <laughs> Oh dear. And interestingly, Helen Duncan was the last person to be imprisoned under the British Witchcraft Act of 1735, which was actually a very good act. Really? This act stopped people from claiming that they or someone else had magical powers. So there you have it, Sam. Ah, she definitely wasn't going to be in prison for actually being a witch, was she? (laughs) (laughs) So there it is. That was me delving into the world of mediums, and I'm so glad I did. Fantastic. Oh, I like that. That was wonderful. That was worth waiting for. <laughs> Please do post some of the Brilliant. pictures. The pictures are fantastic. <laughs> oh, I will. And often these, I will. Often these photos were taken by investigators trying to investigate the credibility of these mediums. They're bloody funny. Fantastic. Oh, well, well done, Tom. You found a cracker. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
I think we should do charlatans next week. I think it's such a wide open have topic. Have we done it before? Even if we have, I don't care. It's a good one to do. I don't think. No, we haven't done charlatanism what before. What did we do? One of our first ones. We've done frauds. We've done frauds, frauds and yeah, fakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did Gregor McGregor. Yeah, that's right. And I did the football player. And his fake country. And you did the football player who'd never played football. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that as much as I have. I don't think... I love all of our episodes, but I don't think I've enjoyed recording one as much as I've just <laughs> enjoyed this one <laughs> in a very long time. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do tell your friends about us share us on social media remember we've got some mugs to give away for people who share us on social media tag us and say nice things about us to get your friends to listen you can find us on facebook that was genius podcast on twitter that underscore was underscore genius and on instagram at that was genius join us next week for charlatans which is going to be very easy to research and an awful lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) yes it is lovely right tom say goodbye Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. And remember, kids, if something goes bump in the night, it's probably a 17-stone Scottish woman (laughs) (laughs) vomiting naked in the street. (laughs) 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 Nice. And finish on that.